Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is Sporting 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett? How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. You kind of jumped the gun there. I, I wanted to get into this beer. <laughs> We've been sitting here pre-showing with just em- like sealed cans of beer in front of us. And I figured I could get a sip in before I had to start talking. And As I, these things go. And it worked. Yeah, that was, I mean, you really moved, you really moved fast. I could see the determination in your eyes. It's like you got a little look. I had a moment and I, and I had to, I had to seize said moment in order to get a sip of beer prior to. Uh, you carpeed that moment. Prior to my, my famous introduction. <laughs> Renowned even. <laughs> Are you okay? No. Okay. I'm tired. You're tired. You look yeah. tired. I, was, I got up at like one today, so. Like right. Four hours, five hours of sleep. I ran this morning, my friend and I, and and we started running. And I said, "Hey, w- hey, John, instead of doing what we had planned to do today, why don't we instead add about three miles and go up a mountain in the middle of it?" That sounds stupid. And he was like, "Yeah, he sounds stupid." Yeah, okay. And I was like, "No, I mean, it's not a big deal." And he was like, "No, no, let's do it. No, let's do it." But I could tell he was sort of like, eh, "But it's, but you know, whatever." He's so, like, I'm, "On the end, I might not hate it." So we started off 11. Instead of 11, we did 14, and we went up Spencer's Butte, uh, which is fine. But as we're coming down Spencer's Butte, he tells me, yeah, I did a shift at Egan Warman Center last night, so I haven't slept at all. (laughs) Egan Warman Center is uh, our local, one of our local places that facilitates homeless shelter when it's really cold. And it it was cold last night. It was freezing last night, I can tell you with certainty. So Egan Warming Center is named after a unhoused veteran who died on the streets of Eugene in sub-freezing temperatures. Uh, Like Major Egan, I forget his first name. Um, But as a, uh, in honor of him, Every year, every winter, when temperatures drop below 30 degrees, there's like two dozen facilities that open in our area that are staffed and safe and warm and wholly staffed by volunteers and give people a warm, dry place to sleep. So very cool. So John had worked the the shift there uh, from, I think, one to one to seven. And so right before had just finished right before we started this run. And then I talked him out of. I talked him into 1,500 feet of elevation and three extra miles, but you're a jerk. I am a jerk. I am a jerk. And on that note, I'd like to introduce our guests. Lauren and Lorenzo Ortega, I'm really actually excited that you guys have come back and joined us. Uh, you know, I feel like sometimes we we burn it up a little bit, right? And, uh, and this and that, but you guys feel like old friends to me. Yeah, we're, we're super happy to be back. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that. When you said, you know, I am a jerk and... On re- that related note, I was like, "Come on now!" I thought we were friends. <laughs> no, we we are very I'm glad much to friends. Hear you are happy we're back. <laughs> so well, we're really so happy, happy when people decide to come back because our greatest fear is after the first time people interact with us, they're like, "Not doing that again." Yeah. To be clear, not calling you jerks, yeah. calling myself a jerk, uh, and 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 also a little bit astonished that you guys would come back after having met both of us. Oh, we love it. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think we all have the same fear, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, welcome. And you guys are a little bit ahead of us in terms of in terms of schedule, at least on this particular day. It's it's a little bit later for you. So thank you for joining us a little bit past your bedtime. So maybe not past your bedtime, but certainly as you guys would be winding down, is what I understand. It's yes, okay. Yes. We get you we get to wind down with you now. So 
that, that well, you're welcome. A, it's That's a good a, way to spend a Sunday night. Yeah, instead of just, you know, stressing about Monday morning, we get to have a nice little chat. So thanks. This is actually really nice. And I and I got to ask you, is is Monday morning a stressful thing for you in, in the life of a, a, a watch brand owner? How, how are Monday mornings? That's, that's a great question. Uh, Monday mornings are probably the busiest time we have because we try not to answer emails on the weekends. I was just going to ask that about your yep. work-life balance. And I'm so happy to hear you say, Friday, when we get done with work, we mostly check out. And we that's the way it should be. We try our hardest. Yeah, yeah we, we try. try. Sometimes we fail, but we try. <laughs> but then that means that you know, Monday is just even worse. Yeah. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, this weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, I'm going to do emails and get all caught up. And then I don't do it because this is my weekend and I deserve to live my life. And then Monday morning, I'm like, why didn't I do that? You know, so it's sure. constantly a push pull between present and future self, like which one's more important. I always yield to, to future Andrew hating current Andrew. I always do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better plan. That's yeah. Nice. That is uh, the better plan. Do you guys, do you guys uh, make a little bit more of that work-life balance sacrifice on launch weeks and like that period surrounding a launch? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, we, haven't, we haven't really had a day off since, for, for as long as I can remember, August maybe. Because even if we're not, yeah. even if we're not like answering emails, there's still other stuff to do. <laughs> So, um, it's just been a really crazy year. It's just been a lot. It has. Uh, and partly your fault because you guys have dropped a lot of stuff this year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Entirely our fault. Yeah. yeah. How, how many watches, how many watches have you, have you introduced in 2020? Is it four or is it three? <laughs> that, for for the record, I'm pretty sure that's not Lorenzo. I believe that's a cat. Yeah. That is her cat, Roxanne. Yeah, she's. Oh, singing she's Roxanne just, in the background. You're not I like asking it. her about her work life balance. She makes a lot of sacrifices. <laughs> um, I think it was five. I think we. I think it was five. Yeah, I mean, we. Because the Gemini. Right, we revamped the whole collection. No, Everything. But first, yeah. First, the, okay, uh -huh. so. We introduced the Gemini late 2019, but we actually released it 2020. Yes. So I don't know if that counts. I think I think okay. that, because right. also there was the you know limited edition with Warren Wilde. Mm. So, okay, so right, that's right. something. Uh huh. And then Neptune Series Three, Falcon Two, Hydra Two, Hydra uh -huh. Two, and now of course the Hyperion. So yeah, it you you're right. It has been a lot. Um, and but the good news is 2020. Besides that, has been a really quiet year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's part of what makes this feel so weird, because on one hand, like going into this, we're like, okay, 2020 is going to be a big year for us, just because what's lining up, and you know, we're switching to Miyota movement, so we can revamp our current collection and then we already had you know the gemini was always already rolling and we're like, okay now we'll plan for the end of the year which would be the hyperion um and then okay we were in hong kong in february um with our you know production assembly team and then we left and the borders closed fortunate <laughs> timing could never go back. Yeah. it was so, like a week but, later right 
Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You've been hanging out with Wes if you hadn't got out when you did. We. <laughs> and he was a mechanic, yeah. right? It, well, well, so we're doing you guys a bit of a disservice here. We need to we need to hear more about that story. We need to get back to 2020 because everything everything is happening in 2020. But why don't you first introduce yourselves? Because I, you know, I think we know who you are. I think 90% of the people listening, but there's 10%, 10% perhaps who don't know who you are. Lauren and Lorenzo Ortega, Ortega, excuse me. Introduce yourself. Uh, tell us who you are. What you do. Okay, well, we are a husband-wife team uh, behind the brand Laurier. And uh, our mission basically is to make watches that uh, feel like they came out of a time machine. Yeah, focusing on classic design, on um, basically our ideal tool watch from the mid-century. That's kind of what we're trying to recreate and make as accessible as possible. Right. Um, right. So keep the prices as low as we can, relatively speaking, for a watch. You know, because those are super cheap to make. I, I've seen watches for like nine dollars at the Walmart. So <laughs> I know I can't. They can't be that expensive. Well, you, you, if you like the watch, get it. You know. <laughs> I've typed this about Laurier in two in two separate articles at this point. One of those you haven't read, and the other one I think you guys have. But I've typed that Laurier is not. You, you guys don't do homages to any no watch. It's not an homage to a watch. It's a watch to an era of watchmaking. Mm-hmm. I think is. Is is how I describe the company, right? That yeah, I, sort of late '60s, early '70s focus on the the really hardy, uh, but stylish and dressy sport watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly. It. I think we yeah. just really like that spirit of, you know, like you wear a watch as a companion. Because if you think about it, you know, a watch back then was. Like the, the the famous icons, right? The the Swiss watches of the fifties, sixties, seventies. You know, the Submariners, the GMT Masters. Like they were essentially really good looking G shocks. Like you got yeah. them for their function. Like there was no other watch that could keep time as well and did their job as well. And they also happened to look really good. And they were reasonably accessible. You know, like you could get one from an army base. And you know, that's such a cool thing mm-hmm. that we don't really have these days so we thought okay let's kind of revive that because you know we love that spirit and we also have these animals in the world who insist on having dozens and dozens of watches so that you can't have because any one of these watches is a perfectly appropriate one watch forever and then you give it to your kid and then they wear it and it gets serviced and they and it just it keeps going and going the i you guys you guys are just hitting it on the head in the way of that one well designed tool watch that also happens to look really good and now we're <laughs> at you. you know Thank personal you. crises because we can't it's hard to live our our ideals right now when we make watches we absolutely love and i would love to wear only one watch but i kick you know, feeling drawn to, okay, today I've got to wear the Hydra, you know, and I would just love to stick with one as much as that's our goal, that's our mission, that's our philosophy, but I can't even do it. I wore three watches I'm today. ashamed. <laughs> I, I wore three watches. You did. I saw pictures of them. I, I wore my watch that I worked in. 
and then I put a watch on that I was going to wear for the day, and then I we were talking about a different watch, and I changed, and I started wearing that watch. It's a little embarrassing. No, that's that's fine. You know, if it makes you happy, but, but I don't know that it made me happy. Well, I mean, you had to try it, right? Like you felt like doing it, so you had yeah. to see how it felt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like for me, I always regret changing watches. Like I, I that's that's just the kind of person I am. Like we'll go to a restaurant and I'll always get one thing, and then one one night I'll feel, you know, let's switch it up a little bit, and I always regret it. Because it's just not as good as that one thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I get that one thing all the time for a reason. Yeah. Yes. This, this is why. Yeah. I'm so the guy who I'm convinces myself watch. I need to put my watch on a on a NATO strap or on a or on a leather strap, a, a braceleted watch. I say I need to put. The, I need it. This needs to be different. I need, and then I never wear it. And I'm like, why isn't this on the bracelet? That's me. That's that's my sort of idiosyncrasy. Watch yeah. watches that come on bracelets. Sitting on NATO straps never get worn. I am pretty partial to the silicone, the Barton Elite. That just transitions from watch to watch. But I put yeah, it doesn't matter. We should talk about you guys instead of lamenting our <laughs> our terrible watch behavior. Uh, so 2020, you guys launched all the watches, all of them. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was Every so. What, of our watches. Was yeah. that all already in the works going into 2020? It was, but the timeline got kind of uh, compressed and yeah. shifted just as you know 2020 happened, and there are delays and unforeseen things, and so. It, it should have been a more regular uh, release, you know. Schedule, um, yeah. But it just kind of happened where, you know, the Hydra was only ready now. Um, and it should have been ready, like, you know. Like July or August. July or August. And so it, some things were just compressed. It's kind of manic, but... From our perspective, it seemed really deliberate. So we're going to cut that whole period and be like, yes, we planned these to the day and we hit them exactly where we wanted because it seemed very structured. Your releases were, um, they they weren't super close together. They weren't crazy spread apart. I think you did a really good job in managing your launches with all of the other chaos occurring around you. You oh, know, thank you. I'm really happy. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm just surprised that people can still keep thinking about watches like during 2020. You know, that was that's been my surprising. It's an escape. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 Just. It's, yeah, it's like a little glimmer of happiness. Sometimes, yeah. like, can we even post now? You know. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, do people want to hear from us right now? Is this... We keep doing People oh, don't definitely. typically like, hey, want to hear guys, from us. Hey, guys, good so. news. You know? It's like, no, there is no good news. But yeah, so, I, think, I think going into 2020, like this was late in 2019, I think our, our goal was 2020, we're going to really solidify our core collection and sort of have every one of the archetypes of watches that we like the most and kind of have a distinct identity for each of them. And I think just the timing worked out to where 2020 was that year. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we could do it, like we were just going to do it. Like we weren't going to space things out where, okay, you know, like, oh, it's too soon to do a third version of the Neptune. It's too soon to do a third, a second version of the Falcon. It's like, well, this is kind of what we want to do. And we think, and we like this direction we're going in. So we're just going to do it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of risky We thinking about it. Like, <laughs> and, and, you know. We, we didn't want to wait. Um, then we felt it was the right thing to do. So we were just, we're really happy to, um, see the response. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of the response was, um, some of the response was, oh, I, I see that you guys updated this. Are there going to be updates in the near future? Because I don't want to miss that next update. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a Neptune series four? Or, and our um, answer, our answer was always, well, no, we don't plan on changing anything for the foreseeable future as it is now. Because I, I feel like where we're at now mm-hmm. in terms of design, I, you know, like yeah. just to take a step back, I think I think we're really comfortable with, with what we have, with, with the way the collection looks. Well, and- we'll uh, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about it, right? I think we can talk about it in some specifics because a year ago today-ish, uh, you were a, a watch that had several models, uh, excuse me, a brand that had several models, which were really variations of a single watch platform. It, and, and I don't mean that uh, as as a pejorative, but you had sort of a watch that I could buy in several different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's totally correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that was and that was exciting, but also maybe a touch boring. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Now you guys mm-hmm. have got four and a half, I would say, totally distinct platforms. So uh, 12 months later, you've introduced... Four watches. Three and a half I platforms, think, yeah. completely, complete sort of variations. You know, where no longer are we using... Are we using a single platform to give you different options? We're giving you totally unique and different watches um, how do you get there? I mean, obviously that goes back more than 12 months outwardly outward facing, right? I'm seeing a year's worth of work. I know it's more than that for you, but how do you get there? Well, it was, it all just came down to deciding that after the feedback we had received that it would be worth the risk to use a more expensive movement to use the Miota nine series, um, which it, would we be able to make our watches thinner? Hallelujah! Um, if we used it, and because of that thinness, we could then shape and mold the case um, to better suit um, each of these watches' personalities a little more. And so, once we were like, "All right, let's," I think we can do. I think we can, uh, you know, bump up the price a little bit. Um, Yes. All the you way to five hundred dollars, which the still puts you nerve four hundred dollars I mean, less than anybody else. Yeah, uh, but go ahead. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, it was once we decided we could um, change the movements, then then we could kind of mold the collection. Yeah, and and a lot of it was also just having conversations with people, you know, during wind up during watch get-togethers and you know they would say oh you know i wish this was x i wish this was y and people have valuable input Mm -hmm. you know it's 
and it takes time to absorb and digest that. Because sometimes, you know, what we see isn't what other people see. And like, for example, with the Hydra um, and the Neptune, um, I was surprised by how many people couldn't tell those watches apart. Um, sure. And the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First There's iteration, yeah. Neptune yes. and Hydra uh, 1, right? So, yeah, the Hydra 1 and the Neptune. Um, and so, okay, that's good to know. Um, so we're not achieving, like, what we're setting out to do in, in that sense. So let's dig a little deeper. How do you How do you cope with that as, like, the design minds behind something where you've poured so much effort into a design and people just miss it? Wow, that's a great question. Um, we, I mean, we, we aim to please. I mean, you guys, you guys seem the type who are just like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna make it better, and like, and and that's kind of what I'm what I'm getting from you guys. But I'm just wondering, like, what that. I, I mean, you don't have to go into the existential crisis that I'm sure goes along with that, because I'm sure there's something there where you're like, oh, I mean, I put myself out here, and you guys said I don't like it. But what's the next step? Like, how do you how do you take that feedback and go from okay, I I put this in, I I still want this design to exist, but but I want you guys to get it. What is that, that step? Like, what's that transition like? That's, that's a really great question. And I don't know if I can think of a good answer. I mean, I think, I think a lot of it just comes from a gut feeling mm -hmm. of, you know, this looks good and this feels good. And sometimes it works out and you can't really tell until it's out there. And part part of the um, risk is there are already plenty of people who like it as it is. Right. You know, and so how do you weigh those two sides? You know, and how do you keep that in consideration as you move forward? Um, so yeah, it's, that it is. It's it's taxing, and we you know, our stomachs, you know, and knots <laughs> about it while we're designing and going through it. And okay, we're going to do this. All right, we're going to do this. And we spent, you know, like, two weeks figuring out, okay, do we exactly what we wanted, like mm -hmm. the Hydra, you know, markers on the dial to look like it's going back and forth between like three different options, this one, this one, this one, this one, or this one, or this one. And it was just the most like minute, tiniest little differences that we were just yeah and sometimes something uh, looks good on paper over. sometimes something looks good on paper and then you get the thing and it's okay that didn't work out right and you and throw so, it against a wall yeah. Okay. yeah 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 well so i mean i think you've made a few big jumps obviously the release of the gemini you know your your first chronograph right um mm -hmm. and, and you're using a seagull movement which i think some people at least at least in 2020, I think using a seagull movement, uh, a mechanical seagull movement in a chronograph is a little bit of a, a risk. Uh, I, I suspect that in 2021, if we're going to see it more and more. Um, but yeah, you, you introduce you introduce a chronograph, you redesign the Hydra, the Hydra, which some people couldn't tell the difference between the Hydra and the Neptune. Uh, you know, your Neptune being your sort of stock diver. Now your mm -hmm. Hydra is an internal bezel dual crown diver. Mm -hmm. And then 
And then you come out with a GMT, right? And I think that... You know what? We haven't done enough this year. (laughs) So... Yeah. So what... I feel like part of this was just this urgency and excitement we felt to to make these watches that we loved. And we Mm. didn't want to wait. So, so I'm yeah. I'm really pleased that you guys dropped a GMT this year because last December Everett and I declared 2020 as the year of the micro GMT. So oh no way we did we did hot take awesome. and the year before we declared it the dress uh the the dress sport watch that's right we, and we we are actually way ahead of the game nostradamus's of, yeah. of the yeah. micro brown watch game uh no one listens what's 2021 guys we haven't released <laughs> that episode yet yeah i'm sorry you're just gonna have to wait like everybody else Lauren. yeah um we're gonna talk to you guys after the show though so we can make this kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because we can't be two out of three we got to be three for three um so man i had a question before i started bragging <laughs> um that's always how it goes but so so you guys are you guys are getting on these paths of really clearly delineated designs of each of your brands uh, or of, of of each of your your designs are you settled with the Hyperion like is this is this is this watch's DNA and this is where it is going forward yes Yes, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it. so the Hyperion has been on our drawing board really since the beginning. For the since past you heard our episode about 2020 years. being the episode the, of the year of the I GMT. Mean, with the Hyperion, it's just GMTs are really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so it took, we could only do it once we had built up and, you know, we're self-funded. So once we were able to make enough money to do it, then we did it, you know, but it was, it's been on the board since day one. So, so when I saw your sneak peek pictures with a GMT hand, uh, I was, I I didn't know what to think. I was like, how are they going to drop a five to $700 GMT? And it's a little bit more. Because that's where I sort of expected it to land, just on the way that you guys manage your pricing. And then it comes Mm -hmm. out, and I'm like, you guys dropped an $800 GMT. Mm -hmm. How did you drop an $800 GMT? (laughs) Like, what you guys are doing is... is... We don't need to name names, but everybody knows. Everybody knows. We're not going to name the names, but you know. You know at home. And Lord and Lorenzo are smiling, and they know. Well, Lorenzo's not smiling. Uh, But... You guys are doing a thing that other companies are doing, I'm going to guess, better for way less money. Yeah. So, and and I, I assume it's not because you guys are doing this altruistically. There's a margin here. Where in your process are you able to make this happen? We don't know yet. Part uh, of it. We hope that we make money off this. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part part of it is kind of altruistic, just because like we have this romantic, and and I mean, people will criticize us, you know, for not doing business as well as we should. But yeah. I mean, it's really just about this romantic idea of, you know, it shouldn't cost more than this because we want people to have it. If and that's the criticism you're receiving, service maybe by offering our watches for as low as we do, because then you get maybe some unrealistic expectations and 
other businesses and business owners may not or want to or shouldn't be expected necessarily yeah, to but I, but I know, think the... go through <laughs> what we do to get yeah. to keep our prices low. I think the mechanics of it is just we just do everything as much as we can ourselves. Yeah. Like all the photography on the website is us. All like all of the customer service it's us. Is, is us. Um, like just like the building of the, the website layout, all, all of the copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just we don't all social media. It's it's just the two of us. Yeah. Um, so if things move a little slow, if you're like, oh man, why don't we have stuff in stock yet? It's like, it's just the two of us. <laughs> you yeah. know. Sure. This is... well, yeah. Let's talk about the story of the Hyperion coming to be. So you said it's been on the drawing board for like three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I think that's a really important takeaway from talking to you guys because you are self-funded. This isn't just like, hey, you know, Everett and Andrew said this was going to be the year of the GMT. So pre-order it, pay us some money, and we'll drop a GMT. This is like the, you guys have been waiting to achieve this goal. So this is a this is a milestone for you guys it to... Is- yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. And and we're super happy that it happened. And it feels good. Yeah. It feels crazy that we could do this, guys. Like yeah. holy like this is a big deal. You are right. We are really happy. Yeah. You should be. Um, this is this yeah, is awesome. Like, this is yeah. a huge release. And and from like you just said, it's just you two. Let's I wanna hear the story. I like I wanna hear from it's inception conception <laughs> to its birth. Well. <laughs> All right, guys, keep yeah, it clean. I, I wait, mean, wait, wait, keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, because this is a family show. We'll we'll, we'll do our best. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, like like any watch nerd, you know, you, you have your ideal vision of you know a diver, a pilot swatch, a chrono, right? And, and you know, a, a GMT is one of those types of watches that you know we, we wanted to make and so you know the hyperion was it for us and i so in in terms of design i can already hear, hear people saying oh you know it's not original enough Fuck which, them. To, to which i would say i'll say it for you yeah, Fuck off. A fair critique you know it's yeah it, it's a fair critique like but our process in designing it was it's it's really difficult to make a GMT bezel that's not a Pepsi bezel. Like in the same way that it's difficult to make a diver and not offer it with a black bezel, the same thing with a GMT. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of like for for me at least, like from a purist mindset, and maybe this is the wrong mindset to have, but for me, there's like no there's no better way. I probably shouldn't say better. There's no, there's no more classic way to separate daytime and nighttime hours than that red and blue. Like mm-hmm. it looks sharp, and it's practical. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, like over the years, we were like going back and forth on this Hyperion design. You know, it's so it was okay. Is it original enough? So we would change up things, like we would change the colors on the bezel, we would change the shape of the markers, you know, and, and go back and forth. We'd come back to it after, you know, taking a week off 
And what we have now is basically to our eyes, the best version or the best looking version I mean, of the GMT. One thing about GMTs is like, there's a, there's a lot going on with the 24 hour bezel. Like it gets busy really quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our goal is really just to make it as clean and good looking as possible. Like we don't want the busyness and mm -hmm. you know, you, you can probably say like, yeah, it is, we, we got a lot of requests. Can you make, you know, uh, the Neptune, but with a fourth hand and a Pepsi bezel? And yeah, that's the, kind of the, you know, the foundation of it. But we certainly had to change things mm -hmm. so that it would look appropriate for a GMT. Um, <laughs> right. There are some yeah. subtle differences that uh -huh. I think you can really only appreciate once you have both of them in hand. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I think they're they're important differences. I, I think if you just throw a GMT hand on a deliberately designed diver, you're 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 doing a disservice to both. You're mm -hmm. you're degrading yeah. the value of the design in that dive watch because it's not a GMT. It's not what it's for, and you're 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 not fulfilling your goal of creating a a true GMT. You're just you're mm -hmm. you're throwing a fourth hand on that you know is maybe or maybe not independent, and going woohoo we did it yeah but i mean yeah i i agree but there, there are some examples that look good like with everything there are exceptions right um but yeah with with the hyperion it was just i mean it was something that was always just there um and then once we had enough money to buy the movements we're buying these movements let's do it we're getting uh -huh. these and yeah and we had the movements we we bought the movements before we had enough money to like put the down payment on production for the rest of the watch. We're like we're getting these movements and the rest will come. And once it did, we we began. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember that day of you know of us contacting Saprad and they gave us the quote and <laughs> us saying, "Wait, we can afford this. We can do this now. Let's do it." Yeah, and we were like, oh my god, we're doing a GMT. <laughs> and we just spent all our money on GMT movements, so we better do it. <laughs> tell, tell me about the two loom colors, the 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 difference in loom from the bezel to the dial. Oh, well, you know, that was that was an accident, honestly. It's mm -hmm. a real, it turned out really well. Mm -hmm. But I, I hate to say we weren't thinking that sharply when we first... Um, set out to make it. Um, we wanted to use all uh, BGW9 because we prefer the blue glow. Um, and you like the white appearance during daylight? Yeah. yeah. It's yes. like right. the best white. Um, but then once we got you know the bezel uh, prototype, then I mean, one thing you probably, one... I guess connecting feature of our watches is like the very thin slim bezel. We keep it very minimal. Mm -hmm. um, and so because our bezel is so slim, the numerals are small and they're thin and you know, the laws of physics are constant and there's just wasn't a surface area for BGW nine to really work that well. Mm -hmm. um, so we saw it as a really great opportunity then okay, if we use C3, that means, you know, we can also 
use C3 on the GMT hand, and it's even better now. So that well, was, it worked out. Yeah, it yeah. Was, and it, it, and it looks great. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commend you guys on something because I think that um, I think that there is some value to owning a design, right? And I, and I mean, and I mean that comprehensively. I think that what we see every watch company doing, including Laurier, is releasing a watch and multiplying the dial colors and multiplying bezel options and and not owning a design, right? So so when you get a, you you have a single watch that the company designed and then three other versions of that that are sort of add-ons. And they may be popular, and you don't know what's going to be popular. But here, we've got one watch that you designed. And there's a gilt version and a stainless version or, or, or steel version. Mm -hmm. um, but with that, you owned the you owned the bezel color. You mm -hmm. owned the dial color. And I'm going to commend you on it. And I, I think it's, a, I think it's kind of, sort of a bold move. Uh, and I think with this watch, it makes sense to have done it that way. But I just like it. I just like the fact that you owned the whole design. Thank you, because we were going into it. We very much debated and had on the table different, you know, bezel options, dial options. But it's like they all just seemed like tagalongs. They seemed mm -hmm. inferior. And, okay, maybe they're unique or different, but they're not as good like yeah the other ones yeah. were just so good as they were mm -hmm. and so we felt like those are just like superfluous yeah we, um, yeah we knew we knew going into it that, you know like like the pepsi bezel will forever be associated with rolex because they were the first to do it I and mean, they mm -hmm. weren't the only ones to do it but they were the first to do it and you know we're, we're willing to accept that or the I biggest think. to do it. We can't say the first, but we can say the biggest. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I might totally be wrong. Yeah. I don't but, know either, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for um, that, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but like like Lauren was saying, like we had all these options, and to our eyes, none of them looked as good as what we have now. Because and... I think you can go into it being wanting something different, but mm -hmm. like different for the sake of difference, is only cool for like 10 seconds. And then if it doesn't stand on its own, like then you can just get bored with it and move along. I think it has to look good. And doing too many, throwing too many like quirky things or variations in just to be like, oh, see, we're not like the others. Like that's pointless to me. That gets in the way of something looking as good as it can. And for what it's worth, I will say that the Pepsi bezel like the colors aren't like standard blue and standard red. No, they're like, good. It's hard to appreciate on on video or just in pictures, but it, it in life it's it's very apparent. It's not like a, a normal Pepsi bezel. So cool for ten seconds, I think, is a really important statement that you just made, because um, you sold out in ten seconds. M maybe a minute. Yeah, maybe a minute. Seconds. Yeah, yeah, within five minutes. But you know, honestly, that's that's not really something we're proud of. No. Um, for no. for the for the record, I I'm gonna suggest that it was maybe as little as a minute. Okay. Based yeah. on the based on the reports we're hearing. <laughs> yeah. Anecdotal so, so evidence would suggest so both something that is awesome and maybe problematic. So talk about that a little bit. I mean. Yeah, we weren't really tracking it, so we don't know the exact time that they sold out. But yeah, it's like 
I we wish we had made more because we don't like disappointing people. You know, like I think everyone would have been happier if we had more people wouldn't have been. But like again, from our coming from our position, you know, GMT is a really expensive. It was a big investment for us to produce what we did and coming out with a new watch and a new design in 2020. Ha- like we, this is all us. It's all our money and our lives are, it's going to depend on this. So if we invest in something heavily and then it flops, like that's not good. So, um, we couldn't, it wouldn't have been wise we had no idea what demand was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so we did what we could. We did what we could mm-hmm. afford and we'll go from there and grow from there. But now we have an idea of what the demand is like. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a limited edition. We'll keep making more. Yeah. So it, when yeah. will we see more? Well, you don't yeah, have to I'm, give me I, a day. You could yeah, like just like this airs exactly but in the next in few the, weeks, months. In the next few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that's awesome. That's a huge. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's not. Yeah. The holidays and you know New Year's and Chinese New Year's and all that. Like, not much happens in between January and February. But no, I sort of expect you guys yeah. to be assembling goal, watches in your apartment. Yeah. The goal is to have the men for delivery by Christmas. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like we're we're working hard on it, but yeah. But that's, soon, that's, it it's nearer soon. than yeah. a pre-order. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. 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 You you know you guys said something before we started recording, and then you didn't say it when we had the same conversation earlier. And I'm gonna call you guys out on it. But you 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 said you know also we're leaving money on the table, right? Yeah. I think yeah. it's important to note. I think that there's this idea that is prevalent. Maybe not, maybe not uh, uh, persuasively so, but is prevalent that watch brands limit supply to create demand artificially, and I think that undoubtedly, with a big brand with very developed marketing techniques, there is some benefit to that. But I just cannot imagine. I, I want to sort of put it to sleep because I just can't imagine. And, and would you guys just? Confirm this for us and for the or, folks at home. Or there deny is zero it if we're benefit so off. for yeah. people yeah. like you yeah. to right, do right, that, yeah. right? Like the goal is to have as many people as possible have one of our watches. Yes, right? or six and of your so watches. If someone emails us and says, "You know, I had it in my cart, I was checking out, and then it disappeared," like that makes us sad as well. Like we could have, like we wanted you to have the watch too, and we have more on the way. Like that, and also our audience is not big enough for us to purposely deny some of them. (laughs) You know, like we're not a huge band. Like we're, who knows about us? I don't know. Most people have never heard of our brand. You guys don't don't have ADs who can play waiting list games with consumers to sell your dress models. You also don't seem like evil geniuses. (laughs) Like (laughs) you do seem, you do seem very smart, but maybe not. You're not like evil geniuses, like plotting in the next room. You can't see my hand motions, but I'm doing the evil genius, like (laughs) hand thing. You know what I'm doing? Uh, But you don't seem like that. Like that's how, and we're, we're starting to run long, but I just, that's a hard balance to strike. 
And what is your what's the thinking? I'm not asking numbers. I don't I not because I, I I don't care. I want to know the thinking and where you try to find that balance point against what you are confident because you guys need to be confident that you're going to sell a bucket load of watches. But where's that threshold and and how do you how do you build that threshold? Is it based off of data from previous watches? Is it like where is that or is it was it a purely financial decision of like this is what we can afford to make right now? Well, a lot of it's based on what do we, what do we need to live off of, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, Can yeah, we still survive? Yeah. We that tracks. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but it's, then, it's both. Yeah, it's and, both. It's figures from past sales. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's what we have or the financial resources that we have mm -hmm. currently. Um, you know, like. It's, it's antithetical to who we are to be exclusive. Like we don't want to be an exclusive watch brand. Like we think that's one of the worst parts of the watch industry where it's a good thing to be exclusive. It's like, no, like everyone should be able to enjoy watches. So like one thing we did this past summer, for example, like for all of our sold out models, we made a wait list where you could reserve a spot at no cost. Like we bore all the upfront costs into producing watches. Like if you were on the list, you had a watch made for you. You are guaranteed a watch. When it's ready, you'll be contacted and you can buy it. And we didn't ask for a deposit or anything. And, and then those people know, can was... back out if they're just like, oh, I want to be on the wait list. And they can back out and you've already paid for that watch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, right. I Not really, you like, as the purchaser, you... but you as the brand. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you guys about that. What are your numbers? Your how did that wait list work? I mean, in terms of people who signed up on the wait list versus people who end up buying the list, do you have off the top of your head? It varies, mm -hmm. um, and I think I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it in mm -hmm. terms of how confident people were going into the wait list, and then once the months had passed and your watch is available, and then it's like, okay, actually, I I my budget isn't where I wanted it to be, you know. Um, Sometimes it'd be high as like 90% fulfillment. Other times it would be lower, closer to like 60%. Um, so it just varied. Hmm. And I don't think we're going to do those, that kind of wait list anymore because of that. Because I sign up for the wait list with dozens of fake emails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're appreciated. You're I am so appreciated. I see. I see. Oh, okay. That, uh, that makes sense. I, I have to say the Hydra on leather my, looks really good. I, I, keep, I keep seeing your wrist come up, Lauren, and I, I'm really digging the Hydra on leather. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yes. I put it on leather lately, and I got this leather strap. I'm just trying to switch it out, but kind of like you, Everett, where you just like switch your straps out. I'm trying to use this leather on everything and see how it works. But so. then do you lament having it not be on the bracelet? Because the flat link bracelet you guys have is so good. Well, you know what? I was wearing uh, this Hydra on uh, a, a NATO strap and that, and I really like that. At first I started with it on the bracelet, but then I switched it to the gray NATO and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really comfortable and it looks good. Like the gray NATO really brought out the gray in the dial and it was just really cool and so i was wearing that but now i feel like it's getting you know cooler more wintry i think a dark brown leather strap is more Nailed the it. mood now so. i'm sorry to have changed the topic we were talking about my uh fake email signups um <laughs> and and have you seen is that 
almost beneficial to have those uh, those people backing out of their pre-orders because then you've got an inventory on hand for sale. Yeah, we figured that that would be you know the the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. which is yeah. you know that's fine because we mm-hmm. have watches to sell, right? Um, but those wait lists were helpful in helping us predict demand mm-hmm. as well, and also just get the ratios down. Okay, how many? You know, what's the demand like for the black gilt Neptune versus the black white Neptune? And just to kind of yeah. see the proportions, you know. And so we could be a little more, instead of just ordering, okay, the same number in every colorway. And just sort of guessing, know, right? Mm-hmm. So guessing. those wait lists were very helpful mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, in that way. Mm-hmm. So well, I think I, I'm, I have to ask I'm a- glad they're mostly over, though, because it was. Even though we didn't take any money, it's still stressful knowing mm-hmm. people are waiting. Mm-hmm. What is the the model that you guys have expected to sell that just isn't? Because it doesn't seem like there it exists, right? But what is what what's underperforming in the catalog? Mm. You know what? We got a ton of requests for uh, a blue gold falcon, um, a gold falcon with a blue dial. And so we made it, and mm-hmm. it's selling fine, but it's not selling. A, I, I thought it would be p- the most popular one because we had so many people asking for it. So it's just not proportionate yeah. to what people are like. I'd really like it if it was like this. And, yeah, so and now twenty-four dollars. Okay, don't listen to those people because they're mm-hmm. just neckbeards. They're not buying your watches. Nope. They're just complaining about them. <laughs> don't ever listen to anyone. That's but the bottom no, line. We thought it was a good idea, yeah. so we made it. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. take their suggestions if we like them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you guys, I think it's important. I think it's important before before we let you off the hook here, because you know the last time we talked, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. But the last time we spoke, you guys were very much uh, an established micro brand. But I, I would describe the state you were in still sort of prepubescence, right? You had released some watches, you were killing it. But you had really uh, not dove into the full spectrum of where you're at now. Is the right? word prepubescent stressing you out? Well, no, it stresses. I I'm not stressed out. Okay, I'm just overwhelmed because it, it, it's interesting it, to see how people view us. Okay. because we are still very much scrappy underdogs, hustling. And you're not. So it's you may feel that, that way, but you're not. Think that you know we are some kind of big established brand well so 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 right so no. oh, okay so t- so take the caveat right you guys are very you're you're a two-man shop or or a a, a husband and wife shop as you describe yourselves mm-hmm. um you're you're still in in the grand scheme of things you're a very mom and pop as the as the phrase may go okay. and and that is uh that is undeniable right but i i think in terms of your designs and the concepts and the products that you were delivering, you were slightly immature the last time we spoke. And now looking at your catalog, I think that there's a ton of stuff going on. You've got really sort of developed design language that is pervasive across your models, but these distinct, these distinct models with personality and physical not just aesthetic features, but physical features that differ from one another. So, and furthermore, you guys drop a watch 
you sell that watch. So in terms of your ability to communicate with people and your ability to produce concepts, you know, from concept to a model that's going to be in your mailbox a week from today, you guys have matured a lot. So I'd like to ask you guys in that process, what have been the biggest things you've learned? Uh, anything that's surprised you? Anything that's been sort of harder to deal with than you would have expected or perhaps easier? Um, are, are there things that come, come to mind immediately about this process? Hmm. Wow, you just asked like an hour worth of questions. <laughs> Yeah, no. That, I mean, excellent I, question again. Yeah, you guys are really. We're Barbara stuff. Walters today. We, we told you we wouldn't be, but we're doing it. Because <laughs> we're drinking beer, we just disarm you. We're like, hey, we're just yeah, boozing. We're drunks. Like, what do you want from us? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think what's been unexpected is how quickly things can get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like there, there have been days this year where, you know, it's like, did, did we bite off more than we could chew? And, you know, 2020 being 2020, you know, I, I, I feel like everyone's feeling that to some degree. Um, it's hard to know what feelings we feel because of our, uh, unique personal situation and what feelings are can be attributed to the larger events mm. around us so that's part that's what makes the introspection harder is because this has been such a rough year for everyone and so how do we feel happy about what we've done how do we you know feel anxiety about what's to come how much of that is you know due to the pandemic and general un certainty um it's it's if this was a normal year i could give you a better answer <laughs> but because everything is just so yeah i so I, th- I think to 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 summarize like what we've learned this year is basically we have to take a step back and appreciate what we have because it's very easy to get caught in the day-to-day and get caught in a stressful or tense situation. Like people are especially testy. We're especially testy this year. Um, but it's important to just, you know, take a step back and appreciate, be grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, what I know, we I'm, I'm sorry, that sounds kind of corny, but no, I, it doesn't sound corny. We learn gratitude is, yeah. is our coping mechanism. Yeah. That's our only way that we can. Yeah. Um, like, like looking God, at sorry, you guys are such good fucking like people that piece. gratitude's your coping mechanism for 2020. <laughs> God. Hey, you, you know, I, I think that there's a couple things going on, right? I mean, I think that one, uh, it, it occurs to me that you guys are uh, expressing, at, at least, and, I, and it occurs to me based on your pained uh, expression, in particular, uh, Lauren, uh, you know, that you're feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome here, right? Where, you, you know, we're just a husband and wife team who are doing this crazy thing and we've bitten off more than we can chew, as 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 Lorenzo said. Um, you know, meanwhile, I think you you said it right. It surprises you to hear what people say about you. You you know, everybody doing this is doing this same thing, right? You guys are extremely successful and you've got this great brand. And that is something, you know, but I think everybody feels that thing, right? That thing that mm-hmm. You know, why, A, why is this happening? And I think there's something else happening too, right? There's this 
in this terrible kind of scary time, we're we're having this success. Is that okay for us to just enjoy that? And, and I, I mean, for our parts, we'd say yes, please. You guys enjoy yeah. no, that. No, absolutely uh, enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> please, please enjoy that. And and to the extent you're not enjoying it, uh, uh, work on that. But um, yeah, that's hard, right? It, it's it's a, it's a hard part of this process. Yeah, but like but, Lorenzo yeah. was saying, I guess be more. We've learned that we really have to put our foot down, take a step back when we need to. Mm-hmm. We need to do what we want and trust our gut mm-hmm. um, more than listen to mm-hmm. others. Um, we and- have like one thing that makes me happy is we have we look at each piece in our collection. We have like a little watch case where we have one of each that we use for photography, and you know I I, I look at it like the ensemble and it makes me happy. Yeah. I'm happy with how it looks. Yeah. We're, I think, yeah, we're just really happy and and proud of Mm -hmm. it. Um, so that, that feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, to do something that you feel totally a hundred percent good about. Yeah. So I only have one last question. Lauren, are you left-handed? I am. Okay. Yeah. I just I've I've been watching your guys's left and right wrist to see what you guys <laughs> yeah. are wearing, uh, and I, and so I just I saw you wearing your your watch on the proper wrist, and uh, Andrew's left-handed as well. So. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I so I see you wearing on the proper wrist. And I had to ask. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad to hear. Um, I'm not alone. No, not and alone. I, and so maybe you guys could drop a Destro watch. I will buy one. Um, <laughs> and you know, maybe exactly, exactly one he will buy. Yeah, and I'm you so guys... used to it though. Like I don't. It's you know we left it. We had to adapt to right hander world. So yeah. what what do we do? Our lives once... suck. Yeah, I mean everything in the world is broken for us. Scissors don't work. Scissors don't. There are no left handed kitchen shears in the world. What there? Okay, as I say that, I know that everyone who's listening is going to send us a bucket, oh, yeah, load, there are. A bucket load of left-handed <laughs> yes, kitchen shears. But OXO at $20 does not have left-handed kitchen shears. You, you, you know, know what, Andrew, That's what makes us adaptable, resilient. And okay, like 20% are... more likely to commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> you know my son is left-handed we're teaching him to we're, we're teaching both my children to get uh to golf and uh andrew andrew says you're not gonna let him learn how to golf left-handed are you no don't do that and i was like mm-hmm. well, yes of course no. i'm gonna let him and and andrew is very opposed to it we we've made the decision and not included andrew's advice in our decision making process uh with that said yeah there's a thing that i don't I, have to think about so both my wife and i are left-handed and both of our kids are showing right-hand dominance what it's weird right that's disappointing uh, uh but so my parents were like super opposed to my left-handedness so i'm <laughs> very ambidextrous because they were like no you're not going to learn to throw a ball right hand or left-handed that's weird learn to throw a ball right-handed like a normal so i yeah, can <laughs> like, when i was playing t-ball like they didn't make a you know the walmart in the neighboring town where i got my b- baseball yeah. glove they didn't have one for left-handed left-handers. So yeah, I played t-ball, you know, throwing awkwardly with my right arm. But then when I, you know, got in high school and played softball, then I could, you know, uh, hit either way. And 
<laughs> yeah, it, it was beneficial because I, I had more um, more abilities. Yeah. yeah, on the bright side, you know, like for, for those of you who don't know, I, I box and when I box, I'm left handed. Oh, gosh, I would have loved to have spent an entire episode talking about boxing with you. Oh, man. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. coming back. They're coming back. <laughs> we'll we'll see. They 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 might just be being nice. Your non-watch special. We'll yes. talk about sports. Oh, yeah. so what's weird? I I box right-handed. Ah, but I, I've got a gnarly jab as a function of being a left-handed. Yeah. Person. Wait. So right. why right. did you cross over? Are you right-eyed? Is that why? No, you... I'm left-eyed. But you still box right-handed. Yeah, see, I'm I... a disaster. He is the most <laughs> ambidextrous person I've ever met in my life. I'm a we, disaster. I've done every single thing possible with this guy that you can do left-handed versus right-handed and he's it's a total crapshoot i never know i never know which way he's going to come out the (laughs) the only thing that's definitive i write better left-handed it's not great but i write better and you you shoot left-handed yeah shoot left you shoot a gun left-handed but shoot a bow right-handed right no i shoot a bow left-handed but i I shoot very effectively right-handed also it's bizarro other things, Andrew, what do you got? Oh, I have a good other thing. You've got a good other thing? I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. I yes. want you to leave that silence in. So I have been on the hunt for a new pair of dress boots. And reason being is that I've owned a lot of pairs of shitty, like, 50 to $120 dress boots in my life. And I had a couple pairs that I didn't replace because I didn't need dress boots anymore. And my dog ate them and they just, they went away. So I've been on the hunt for new dress boots. And I, as we do, as like serial disgusting hobbyists, went on the hunt. And I found Thursday Boot Co., which is short for company. For those of you unfamiliar. Uh, get on with it get on Thursday, with it Thursday boot company and I they you know GQ has reviewed them and there's a bunch of other fashion websites that have reviewed them and like hey these are really good boots but there is an article that I read from a dude who just like wrote a review about these boots that he wears he's a travel writer he lives in South America and these are boots that he swore by he's like hey yeah I bought a pair I wore them for five years I wore them out I live in them I'm a travel writer in South America. These are the boots that I wear. And he, so th- that was what sold me, was like a totally non, non-funded, like no associate link paid review. So I bought a pair of the Thursday Boot Company Captain Boots at $199 in the brown. And I woke up this morning and they were delivered to my house. I opened them up out of their Amazon package, and I opened the box, and my living room immediately smelled like a leather workshop. I and I was that. like, ooh, that's good. I love that. That's, that's good. I put them on. They were uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because you, you don't want leather boots to be comfortable right Not away. uncomfortable, but stiff, right? Yeah, you want them stiff. Yeah. Uh, I hit them with some Hubert's shoe grease. And I laced them up. 
and I've had to tighten them a couple times because you can tell the leather's kind of doing a little bit of forming. I could go with a touch more a cushion in the sole. I might get some insoles for them, but the soles are comfortable. I'm not a tall guy. Having a little bit of a heel is nice. I like to wear Western boots, and I I wore them basically exclusively when I was living in Texas. It's weird to wear them in Oregon, so I don't wear Western boots anymore because people are like, what are you doing wearing cowboy boots? I'm like, I'm not tall. What do you want from me? I gotta, I need some height advantage here. So we have a little bit of a heel on them, but I've been wearing them since I woke up at one. So it's seven now for us. So six hours. They're a little bit softer. They look good. Ever you concur. They look good. They look concur. good. Concur. Uh with a little bit of Hubert shoe grease. Great they, laces. They look even better. Yeah, good laces. Good your welt. Yeah. It's steel shank, cork footbed. Yeah. All they're the legit, things you want. Man. They're, they're legit. They're, they're so the, the captains are 199 money. Cap toe. These are these are money. I love them. They're I don't know the height of the shank on them. They're I'd I'd say six inches, maybe eight inches. Uh, of the yeah, I'd say that's a six inch boot. Yeah, not six the inch shank, boot, but the yeah, not a shank, it's not boot. Western boot. But yeah, like a six inch boot. These are money. Yeah, I, I like them, and and they're two hundred bucks. And so my 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 tear was like, do I go with like a Red Wing and spend the like three hundred fifty to four hundred bucks, or do you do something? Do I go something like Allen Edmonds? Yeah, or Alden. Like, do I go super big? Like. But all the reviews I could read were like these are two hundred to four hundred dollar boots that are you're you're getting the value out of these big companies who are charging like five to five plus. Yeah. And I not having owned a five hundred dollar pair of boots, because that's that's just not a thing that I would do just yet. Um I think these could be my 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 dress boot go-tos. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you, you know, the leather looks good today. It'll be interesting to see how the leather. Yeah. It doesn't look corrected grain. It looks like a, a full grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they wear because that's really the biggest difference yeah. you get. But the construction looks solid. The, the, uh, and it, and it feels great. solid. All this, all the stitching. As I was, as I was greasing them, I was like, okay, these these are like proper stitches. And then even yeah. in the even in the interior of the boot, you can feel not feel in like a discomfort way. But like you, you can sense the the uh, that's a lot of dead space for this show, man. I I just lost a word. <laughs> Quality, maybe. Yeah, that's hey, the word. Hey, that is a that's <laughs> a fantastic you. word, Lauren. Lauren, Laura, we really appreciate you being here. I'm getting Alzheimer's. Uh, you can sense the quality of the str- of the construction of the boot just in the way that you're wearing it. I feel it yeah. it's it's no, a winner. Great. You know, you know. So a couple weeks ago, I did my uh, outreach on my white sneakers. Right, I Ooh. said, "Hey, I'd like to buy some white sneakers." We're still on my other thing. Uh, uh, and, and Thursday was one of the companies that came up a lot. Yeah, Thursday Thursday makes a sneaker, and Rose and Anvil, which is a a YouTube sort of shoe guy, has talked about their sneaker a lot. So yeah, I think it's a great company. I think it's a so if you're in the market a and you and you've and you got between two and three hundred bucks for for a pair of dress boots, I'm more of a dress boot kind of guy. I wear them with jeans. I like to wear them with khakis. I wear them in a suit. I, I prefer dress boots, especially in the winter. I, I like and and Clark's. You know the the seventy dollar Clark's dress boot is great. It's just not cutting it. I'm a little sure. I'm, I'm I just want a little something more. 
Uh, and you know, the Macy's hundred dollar boots, they're, they're fine. They're comfortable. They're, you know, they look pretty okay. Don't do that. But if you want a, at, at this point, like the, the longevity of your boot, if you're listening to a watch podcast, you have enough to spend, you know, an extra 200 bucks, bucks on, on a, a pair, on of, a pair of boots, boots instead yeah. of a pair of Macy's boots. Um, check them out. I, I'm, I'm digging them so far. They're getting more and more comfortable. My feet don't feel great, but they don't feel bad. <laughs> That's... Have you all heard of Mirman? Mirman, yeah. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I have a pair. They're two years old. The only bad thing I have to say about them is they're a literal pain to break in. Yes. But now they're amazing. That's the thing. With leather shoes, the break-in period should be uncomfortable. You got to earn the... You got to mm. really earn your leather boots and leather shoes. I, I probably That's... wore my... I, so I have a pair of Western boots that I wore like pretty exclusively while I was living in Texas because it's appropriate to wear there. And I wore them over here the other day and I probably wore them for like four months and, and I did the whole break in like I greased them. I put them in the tub. I had to have people help me remove them. It took about four months for a proper break in. And now they, they're probably the most comfortable shoe I own, like short of slippers. Wow. You got to earn the comfort. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were cowboys in Oregon. I thought you could get away with boots in Oregon. You know, Not where we live. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon is a very we we've got state of Jefferson, part of Oregon, and then we've got Eugene and Portland. Right? Yeah, we we got like West Virginia and Seattle. That's right. So, <laughs> so you're like around these parts, there are no cowboy boots. Yeah. Yes. Like there's certain. There, okay. I wear them and I very much stand out. People I, are like, oh, yeah. what's that guy doing? I've got a pair of Western boots. I wore them to court one day, and people were like, "What the fuck are you wearing, Everett?" <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I went I went to jury duty in Texas, and the prosecutor, yes, the defense attorney, and the judge are all wearing black cowboy boots. Yeah, so it's just a, right. it's a little bit of a regional difference. That's right. I, oh, yeah. Eugene feels uh, Eugene feels like a very progressive college town, and that's where and that's where we're at. Yeah, so. Mm. Well, so I've got I've got I've got a footwear update too. I, I alluded okay. to this earlier. Uh, I, I did reach out on the show for recommendations on a pair of white sneakers. I said, hey, you know, I don't really want to get a pair of common projects. They're just sort of a lot of money, and I'm I'm just not feeling the hype. And, and don't want Air Force Ones. I don't want Air Force Ones. I've had a hundred pair of Stan Smiths over the years, and I don't really want that because they just get shitty so fast. And uh, so I got a ton of great recommendations. And what'd you go with? I went with a great recommendation for a company called Greats. Great. So this is one of these uh, startup companies um, very much started uh, their company based on the the success of companies like Common Projects. Mm -hmm. um, they make, I paid about 130 I think that regularly they're about 170 Okay. Um, I got I got a little bit of a sale, but they're just a white sneaker. And so much like your Thursday boots, they came in. They're stiffer than I expected, right? Because I'm used to Stan Smiths. Yeah. And you put a pair of Stan Smiths on and they instantly feel like a slipper. Comfortable out of the box. This Not is, a great thing unless you're looking for hiking boots. That's right. <laughs> this is a full grain leather shoe with leather liners. And, um, you, you know, it's a sneaker. It's it's a rubber sole. But um, there are there are just a touch stiff, but that's what I expected. And I think what I hoped for. I, um but yeah, so that's my update. I am I'm excited. You can look them up. Great. So there'll be a link in the show notes. Assuming Andrew does the show notes. And he he coin toss. 
usually does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my update. And, and so very similar. I won't harp on it too much. Similar to Andrew's experience, right? I got them. I've worn them a handful of times now. They look good, feel good. We said that about something else today. Look good, feel good. I don't feel like there's much else to say about them. Look them up. Great. Leather white sneakers. Great. I think they're fantastic. I've worn the shit out of them and they look awesome. Uh, a totally off topic, but... Um, Apropos of nothing. Mike is... Very close to becoming dad, too. Mike Razak doing his thing. Lauren and Lorenzo, do you have other things? Do we have things? Yeah. um, I have two other things. Yes. I love doing two other things. Everett always complains about it when I do two. Do two. You're the guest. You get to do whatever you want. Do two. Do three. Thank you so much. Yeah. These, These are two things that I have found relax me in 2020 for different reasons and in different ways my first thing edibles is (laughs) (laughs) Um, he he likes the thc the thc uh, cbd blend (laughs) so the uh the first thing is john coltrane's rendition of favorite things oh we this has been another thing yes, on the show. Absolutely, John yes. Coltrane's. Yes, I brought it up one week. John Coltrane's favorite things is one of my very favorite pieces of music of all time. Go oh ahead. I won't steal your thunder. Please go. Yeah, great minds. What can I say? That's really all I can say. Like I've had it on repeat. It's it's amazing. It's like it's perfect. And yeah, I mean, what, what else is there to say? <laughs> it's so 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 good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, this no, was an early other thing. This was like an episode a, a 10, 11. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I say, gosh, I found this piece of music. It's John Coltrane's favorite things. It is mind-blowingly good. Yes, uh, yeah. great minds think alike. That is a wonderful piece of music. Yeah. Um, my second favorite thing, totally different, but also weirdly relaxing, is Doom Eternal, the video game. Ooh, it's basically yeah. the same. Yeah. It's, it's just, you just, you know shoot demons and chainsaw them and you know you it's very fast paced but you get into a rhythm and it's very zen like you get to like a zen point it's it's cool i highly recommend it um i can tell lauren is really into this (laughs) okay i think my face is just way too expressive and i'm i need to work on that but i'm generally like a backseat gamer Right? I enjoy watching. I cannot stand watching Doom Eternal. It's so gross. And, like, how can you take these, like, you dehumanize them. You de-demonize them. They're demons. They're not humans. But it's just gruesome. Yeah. And, well, they just released an expansion, The Ancient Gods Part 1, and it's even faster paced than, than, like, the base game. Which means more chainsaw. Faster pace means less gunfighting, more more melee. Yes. I can't keep up just watching it. You sit and watch him play video games? Or do you play with him? Well, I generally, I'll watch. If it's like a narrative based, then that's really what I enjoy because I can make, you know, inappropriate comments and, you know, just... Like The Witcher 3 or like the Mass Effect. Or Red Dead Redemption. Like, you know. I loved, dude, Red Dead 2 was one of my favorite games of all time. It not only, so the the story was great, the 
the des- the game design was like yeah. breathtaking. I I've, yeah. I've like spent hours just riding my horse around the wilderness in that yeah. game. And yeah. the soundtrack yeah. is good. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we were talking like cowboys for like <laughs> 6 weeks <laughs> playing that game. <laughs> oh Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is why we do this show. <laughs> I think everyone, oh God, yeah. people, maybe we shouldn't have come on. I'm just, re- <laughs> I'm just reliving, you know, briefly, like, reviewing things we've said. And people must think we're the craziest, like, weirdest, like, I'm sorry. You've listened I've, to a few of our episodes, right? Like they, you realize that people are shocked by us weekly. <laughs> we get emails from mothers who are like in their 80s. Like, how could my child be listening to you? Wow, this really? is not true. Not no, real. this is not true. <laughs> not real. No, you, you guys. I think so. We've always said, right? And and I mean this sincerely. The most important thing that I think we do is talk to people, right? And, and talk to people about who they are as people. Uh, watches. You, you know, we've we've seen a lot of sort of existential. What is watches? What, Why am I doing this? You, you know, major publications and small publications alike, or or even even not even small publications, just sort of. Instagram personalities lamenting certain aspects and this is boring and you know yeah well at the end of the day it's watches right you guys this is watches and there's never been a time like right now to get into watches and so the more the better we don't really care about watches either one of us I mean we both love them yeah but our whole the reason we're doing this is to Talk about affordable watches to introduce people to the affordable watch category. But more importantly, and to tie people to the brands and the that people. are the, the the people behind the brands that are well, involved in this industry. Game loving weirdos with so. good taste in music. Yeah. And wallpaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. You. Really yeah. good yeah. wallpaper. I, I'm going to ask, I, I need a quick. Uh, a quick aside, what's the picture in the frame behind you? This pink one? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I it's oh. it's just it's I can't That's, quite tell what it is. This is a very it's just sentimental. Lorenzo's mom. Oh, it's a flower. This. Okay. It's just yeah, a it's water, a rose. It's a watercolor. Mm-hmm. We couldn't tell the, we were when you guys saw us writing on the notepad, we were guessing. We were trying to figure out what it was. Uh, yeah. We yeah. we were in between turkey neck and something else that I'm not going to repeat. Yeah, at a distance. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, but that totally yeah. makes sense, and well, the, yeah. it's a euphemism even for what it is. So for what we thought it was. So, um, <laughs> oh, at a distance. Yeah, Lauren. Other things. I what can't do you believe? My child is. <laughs> Feel free to email us. Ever checks the emails. <laughs> Lauren. Other things. What do you got? Well, this is going to solidify, you know. Do it. Any of us as weirdos, but lock it in. One thing we've been doing, and this is a mutual thing, is some of our friends from Texas. We have organized a a Zoom D and D game, and so once a week we'll play D and D with our friends in Texas. And yeah, that's that's been our little escape. Like it's the thing most regularly now that. So do you spend all the week strategizing about what you're going to do next? No, 
Not really, because... We're pretty laid back about it. I mean, yeah, we're, we're they? pretty um, intuitive. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I, I have all I read the I read a book called um fuck doesn't matter <laughs> it was it, it was a murder mystery like a true murder story where the suspect was a super intense Dungeons and Dragons player like that was his life like he existed in the Dungeons and Dragons world and he was suspected of a murder that occurred in like a subterranean uh like uh university maintenance facility but the whole thing it was like this weird man i wish i could fucking remember it um the whole thing was like this weird collision between this murder mystery and how dungeons and dragons fit into it and after i read it i was like I kind of think I love Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but I don't know anyone who plays Dungeons and Dragons. And I kind of like hint at it every once in a while. And everyone's like, no, I don't know. I don't play that game. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't play it either. I don't. Yeah, me, me either. Who does that? Because I, I don't. But I've been fascinated by it since I read that book. And, and gosh, I wish I could remember the name of it. Well, you can't, and that's the story of your life. It's yeah. I just forget it. I'm old. Um, <laughs> I'm the forty version of forty and twenty today. Um, but so so you play remotely, like, and it, you guys do you guys just pick up where you left off? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so one of our friends is you know the dungeon master and he controls the narrative and he knows where we're going and and so he creates the world for us and then we as our characters you know decide what we want to do what are Um, your characters oh so we'll cut this if you don't like it but (laughs) it's called a tiefling and basically you're like half human half demon or that's why why you don't like doom okay now Now it tracks (laughs) What'd you say? This is why you don't like Doom. We we get it right now. It's all coming full <laughs> it circle. Me, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's my character, it's a sorceress, sorcerer, uh-huh. tea plane. Yeah. Um, and I am just a basic human. You're just Lorenzo, just, just like so, fucking just shit up. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else in the party is like a goblin or a tiefling or a dragonborn, and so and I you're end just up being Aragorn. Misfit yeah. For just being a guy. <laughs> It's great, yeah. yeah. God, I love it's. I love when we get to places like this in our interviews because this is where we want to get. We want to get to the like the people behind the brands. I, I'm, I'm beside myself, happy right now. This is this is where we want to get. This is our goal. We want because we, we the, the people who listen to us are just people like you and like me. Everett's and a dick. some tieplings. So. <laughs> And Everett the asshole. That's what we want to get. We want people to get to know you because there's there's so much value in this small brand purchasing world where where and that's that's prolific through the way informed consumers buy things, right? They they go to farmers markets, they go to Etsy, they go to these places where they want to connect to the seller where they want to know who they're buying from because mm-hmm. for whatever reason that's important to them and that's why we're doing the show we're so pleased to share the dungeons and dragons versions of you guys <laughs> with the world because that's 
that that's uh, it ignites this kindred spirit with any question. People are like, "Oh yeah, the Hydra, it's fucking awesome," but they also play Dungeons and Dragons, and so do I. <laughs> and, and I gotta I tell you that. guys, I am going to be scouring the internet for videos of Lorenzo Ortega kicking the shit out of someone in a boxing ring yeah, this week too. for oh, our show notes. I don't think they exist. Well, we'll see. We'll no, see. We'll see about that. If it's Lorenzo Ortega getting story, okay. Oh, do it. Um, yes. I was I was supposed to be taking the video of Lorenzo, you know, kicking, you know, knocking somebody out and getting the Golden Gloves trophy. And my finger was on the take picture this is the age of like a digital camera right my finger was on the take picture button and not the record video button hmm. so and i was sort of so hoping you'd say there is no video i was kind of hoping you'd say it was like of a- lorenzo getting his you know hand lifted up in victory oh. because that's when i ended the video <laughs> which took the picture so that's my bad. Which is not to say I wish harm upon you, but I was sort of hoping you were going to say, I ended up taking video of him getting like whooped on by a guy like two weight classes above him. And it's this, it's a really sad video. Like nobody should fight Andre the Giant, but for some reason he's fighting Andre the Giant. <laughs> Lauren and Lorenzo, give... We do, give... Have, we do have some pretty cool pictures though. Yeah. Lorenzo, yeah. Mm. Tell, tell so these folks. We have pictures, but no video. Tell these <laughs> folks where to find you on Instagram. Tell these folks where to find you on the internet. How do I buy a, a, a brand new Laurier watch if I were so inclined to do so? So we are on laurierwatches.com. That's L O R I E R. Laurierwatches.com. And on Instagram, we are just Laurier Watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Laurier Watches, whatever. It's just a thing. God, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I like. I hate how humble you are. It bugs me. <laughs> Andrew, what? Do you, anything else you want to add before we go? No, I just added it. You just added it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're 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 a good man. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Forty and Twenty, the Watch Clicker pad- Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Forty and Twenty, or at Watch Clicker. Check Laurier out at Laurier Watches on Instagram or at laurierwatches.com. If you want to support our show, you can do so on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Also, check out watchclicker.com. That's where we put all the posts of the uh, of the podcast as well as watch reviews and other content. It's a fantastic website. We're really proud of it. And we've got people that are much more talented than us that contribute stuff to it. Yeah, way more talented than us. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Andrew always gives me shit because... Turn the recording off.